You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Hello, it's Mark Tuminelli, the host of the Little Me podcast. This episode you're about to hear was recorded on March 5th, 2020, when Presley Ryan had just taken over the role of Lydia in Beetlejuice on Broadway. Since then, as we all know, Broadway is on a break. It's been a very hard situation for so many artists, as well as people who work in the industry in any capacity. I want everyone to know that you're not alone and we're all feeling it. But I know Broadway will be back and better than ever. Now I invite you to come back to a simpler time when Broadway's lights are burning bright and Presley Ryan was starring in Beetlejuice. It's a fun interview and I hope it brings you some joy. While you were skipping stones, building forts and flying kites, I was missing school and on my Saturday nights. Other kids were climbing trees and rolling down hills. I was singing songs to pay my family's bills. Little me. Hello, welcome to the Little Me Podcast uh, with me, Mark Tuminelli. Because I own Broadway Workshop, I get to work with the most talented kids on earth. And when I first met our guest today, I knew I was in the presence of a huge star. She's here in the BPN studio. She's the star of Broadway's Beetlejuice, Presley Ryan. See if there's applause. (laughs) I need an applause thing. I'm adding it in. Um, How exciting is that? You're the star of Beetlejuice on Broadway. You are the lead in the hit Broadway musical. Um, how is it going? Um, it's going great. It's definitely um, really exciting. I've always dreamed of being in a big show like this and being a lead role. So this is really, really cool. And it's still like, it's so surreal. And so this all kind of happened pretty quickly that there was, you've been in the company from the beginning. Yes. And you were understudying the lead role of Olivia Dietz. Mm-hmm. And you were also understudying the Girl Scout, right? Yes. And you had a really kind of fun, weird ensemble track. I played the jockey <laughs> and, and, and some other parts too. Can you? Where would we have seen you if we saw Beetlejuice? Before you were the lead, like what other little moments? Oh, okay. So I actually was a vocal booth singer. So like throughout the show, during- yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so throughout the show, during like all the different songs, um, I would sing kind of like just the ensemble vocals, and then I was in the choir. I was the jockey. I was the shrunken head at the end of the show. Like you come out of the orchestra pit. Yes, yes. I was inside of the shrunken head, and um, then we had some like other little breaks throughout the show, but. Mostly it was pretty busy, surprisingly. I'm very exciting. And then you, um, the position opened up to play Lydia and move on up from your understudy track to taking over the role, yes. which you have done at the age of 16, yes? Uh, yes, you crazy. just turned 16. Uh, yes, like, December 1st. Oh my God, so crazy. Um, so you were the he- headlining a Broadway musical at 16 and like four people in the world can ever say they've done that. And then 
can't think of any of them right now. But um, so it's like a really big moment for you. And also for teenage girls everywhere who think that, you know, want to do this thing and want to be on Broadway. And they think there's no place for them because when you're a teenager, there's not a lot of work to do on Broadway. Yeah, for sure. You have found, you have made magic happen. Somehow. So I'm sure every girl in your school wants to murder you. And we'll talk about that (laughs) shortly. Okay, so let's go back. You've been part of the Beetlejuice Company since the workshop before DC, yes? No, so I actually, I auditioned originally for one of the workshops. Turns out they didn't need me and I got called to do the show in DC. So that was your first experience with Beetlejuice? Yes. So you went to D.C., you guys tried out the show for how long? Um, I think we had like previews for about five weeks so we could rework everything. And then we opened and we ran the show for about three weeks. And then we came here. And what was the experience doing that there? Um, it was amazing. It was a lot of fun. I remember when, before I was casting the show, I had watched one of the labs. And since then it had been really my dream to like be a part of this show because I love Beetlejuice. I love the movie. So um, being a part of it in D.C. and like seeing a show like this come to life is something that I've never really been a part of. So it was definitely really cool to see that happen. And also like going to D.C. was cool, too. Because this isn't your first Broadway show. You were also uh, a swing in the Broadway company of Fun Home, yes. which is my favorite musical ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm thrilled that you kind of started your career with that beautiful piece of art. Yes. And then now you're doing a different kind of musical. Totally different. Totally wild and different and crazy and huge. Um, Fun Home being such a small, intimate show with like just furniture and an open theater going to probably one of the biggest new musicals that we've had on Broadway in many seasons. What's it like to sort of do a show that large that has that many moving pieces? Um, What what is your experience there? Um, It's definitely I've never experienced something like this before. Um, We have such a big cast, a very big crew and um being like a small part of this show is it's amazing it's so cool and um in the rehearsal process we actually had so much more tech than a normal show would actually require because of the big set that we have and all the different costumes and how big this show actually is so it was definitely really cool to like see that come to life and because it is such a big show now um it's definitely cool to like see how the world really like enjoys our show and relates to it and it's cool to like be a part of this like huge show and also you turn around and you have like a huge house on stage and then it looks totally different two seconds later and then totally different two seconds after that like the show is so wild to watch as an audience member because it's like so visually dazzling it's like yes i've never actually like sat in the audience uh, and watched it <laughs> so like i'd actually want to see that i have no idea what it's, it's like. very good everyone should see beetlejuice yeah. um and um okay so you're the understudy you open on broadway how different is the show from D.C. where it started to the Broadway production currently running at the Winter Garden? Um, in Washington, D.C., it was very inappropriate. <laughs> like, I, we didn't really have our audience, I guess you could say. Like, people would bring their, like, five-year-olds and they would be traumatized. <laughs> so I think um, reworking it towards Broadway, we've definitely, like, widened our audience. And um, it's definitely become more centered around the movie because in D.C. it was kind of just, like, more about the fun and, it's like more wild. Show, yes. Yeah. And now on Broadway, we kind of have more of a story, which I really enjoy. And um, also it's kind of takes a bigger focus on Lydia and her family and her mother. Um, and so is there songs that were changed or pulled out? And Yes, lots of songs are changed. Actually, um, in D.C., I was an evil clown <laughs> in the um, in the dinner party scene, which was actually cut. And now um, I'm the jockey, which wasn't a thing in D.C. In D.C., we had... Um, this whole like boy band 
and all these like football players, which we still have the football players, but like the boy bands like saying like a pop song. It was actually really fun, but we changed it to Miss Argentina and all the dead characters. And then Leslie, how did Leslie wind up playing Miss Argentina? Um, Was that always part of her track? It wasn't. So originally she only played Delia. And then um, in rehearsals, it was originally played by somebody else and she was sick. So then Leslie was like, oh, I got this. I'll fill in. And (laughs) They ended up really liking her. It's and, so and funny. She made the role like her own, and she was like, "This is mine." <laughs> it's so cool. It's like such a great moment in the show, and watching Leslie is she's amazing. A thrill. And we'll talk about her in a minute. So let's talk about the first time you went on. You did not go on for Lydia at all during the DC run, right? No. And so you had been doing the show for how many months in your ensemble track before you went on for Lydia? So um, you went on in July. I'm counting. I went on in August. August third. I remember. Um, so we had opened in like April or March. So it had definitely been a couple of months. And um, it was a two-show day. It was a Saturday. We I remember. Just, I was I there. remember this day so much. Um, we had a matinee. And then after the show, Rachel, who's one of our stage managers, she came in the room and she was like, Presley, exciting news. You're going on it. And I swear to God, I dropped my phone. I <laughs> fell on the floor and I was like, what? Oh my God. Like, I guess I had been like waiting for this moment for so long. And like, once it had finally come, it was like, it was so unexpected and so crazy. And I was freaking out. I was so nervous. And um, I had dinner plans with my grandma. So I had to cancel those. But she was at the show. She yes, sitting, she ended up coming. Yes. She was sitting right in front of me by herself <laughs> because the show was sold out too. So like nobody could get yeah, in. Yeah, it was hard. Like I had friends who had wanted to come and like people who had found out and they're like, wait, we have to come. Like, we don't know if you'll ever go on again. And then, well, so. looks like it worked yeah. out. <laughs> but um, so they were all like trying to get tickets and they could not get tickets. I don't know how my mom ended up in there, but you did too. I know. I, I don't know how you. I, I went to the box in. office and I was like, I am Presley's teacher. I need to see her immediately. Um, they're like, give, they're like, can we give Mark this ticket? Um, and then they like gave me a great, I had a house seat. It was oh, amazing. Great. Best money I ever spent, kid. You yeah. were brilliant. Tell me about what was going on in your head during that performance. Were you like very present? Did you know what was going on? Or did it all feel like a whitewash of like two and a half hours? Um, I think in like the first 45 minutes of the show, which is like dead mom through like no reason-ish, I was freaking out, like on the inside. And everybody was like, Presley, you're so calm. And I was like, no, I'm not. You look like you had done it like a million times. I couldn't get over that this 15-year-old girl was just like killing it and not scared and not shaking. (laughs) No, I was so scared. And then um, around Say My Name, that's kind of when I let loose and started having fun with the show. And I think one of the things about doing the show for the first time was I hadn't realized like what it was like having an audience. So like the audience would respond and they would laugh or they would be clapping and I would interrupt them with my lines and you wouldn't be able to hear my lines because I didn't really realize that that would happen. You're not used to like the weight that you need. Yes, so it's kind of like figuring that out. So cool. Um, And there was obviously a few great people there to support you that night. It just felt like the audience was so excited and it felt like everyone was coming around seeing the slip in the paper of this girl and it's very clear that you're a kid. So it was it, exciting. It yeah. was just a really thrilling night at the theater. Um, let's talk about the audience a little bit. So Beetlejuice kind of started as a what we call a flopola on Broadway. People were not really in the <laughs> like it wasn't the enormous hit that it's become. When did you realize that the show kind of kicked into high gear and people embraced it and were like, no, this is great. We I mean, you're sold out every night. Yeah, it's a big hit show, but I it didn't mean, start that way. No, for sure not. I definitely thought, though, this whole time, like, in the back of my head, I was like, oh, this is going to be a hit. I knew it would be a hit. So, like, I wasn't worried. But 
I think everybody else in our cast was. And so I think kind of midsummer, that's kind of when like our show really started to take off because everybody was out from school. People started to come see this new show. And you had performed at the Tony Awards. Yes. Oh, people loved the Tony Awards. It was like a really big deal. Yes, yes. And then um, I think there's been like a lot of factors. Our soundtrack came out. People all over the world could listen to these songs and have really fallen in love with them, which is really cool. It's like the number one Spotify down. I don't know. It hit like some very big number. I think it was like 200,000 like million views. That's great. Or I don't know. Downloads or plays. Something. I don't know. I don't know anything about the music industry. No, me neither, but that's crazy. Um, it's And the music's so great. And what I have seen at Broadway Workshop is a lot of kids singing a lot of your songs. Oh, for sure. So we're hearing a lot of Dead Mom in some home. Um, <laughs> which song do you like singing more? Um, I think I like singing home more. It's definitely, um, it's like. It's a good song. It's a really good song. It's really catchy. Uh, the first time I heard it, I fell in love with it. It's actually I feel. Oh wait, no, it was in DC. I thought it was. There was a different was. song though in DC in the Dead Mom spot, or no? Lydia had three songs. There was oh. Mama Wood also. Okay, it's like well, in the middle of the show. You can save that for your cabaret. Oh, for sure. I'll direct it. Okay, so the show is like a big hit. And it's like happening every night, and then you guys kind of get this wild closing notice that the show would close at the Winter Garden. When is your when is the show slated to close? June sixth. June sixth, which is insane because you sell it every night. The show makes a lot of money, but there's you know you guys are closing to make way for the Music Man, which yes. is not very exciting. But hopefully there'll be a future of Beetlejuice either at a different theater on Broadway or certainly a national tour. Yes. All that. How was that? Um, how was that received in the building as far as getting your closing notice on a show that's like sold out every night and a big hit? Um, I think it was definitely really upsetting. We kind of had had expected it. We had known like that something was coming, especially since there were like articles about the music, the music man, man and yeah. the pictures were of our theater. So we kind of like had an idea, but um, I think it was definitely really upsetting. But I think that knowing that we have these months to continue doing our show and continue putting the show out there for the world. Um, I think it's like nice to know that we still have a lot. That you of time have all left. these opportunities to get to tell the story again. Yeah, for and sure. So many young people who are seeing the show don't know the movie. Um, it's not. I don't know. I don't think like a lot of people your age know the Beetlejuice movie. Do they? I don't. I'm not sure actually. So they kind of come in with like a fresh experience and a love of these songs since they've been downloaded so much. And yeah. Um, what kind of things happen at the stage door? Is there a lot of? I mean, we walked into the studio today and we had a kind of obsessive <laughs> fan here, but um, what kind of experiences are you having at the stage door? Um, I mean, we have crazy, crazy, amazing fans. Um, our lines are like around the block sometimes, which is crazy. Um, our fans are amazing. They're so supportive. And people like come in costume. Yes, we have cosplayers. We have people dressed in black and white and stripes. So it's really cool to like meet these people and see them after the show. I think, for me, um, I think it's really cool that people know who I am because of my TikToks and people have seen me from Instagram and well, TikTok. Well, let's talk about TikTok. Kind of yes. Okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> all right. Explain TikTok to the people who don't understand it, who are the over the age of 30, which is me. Okay. So it's- I mean, I know what it is, but- It's an app. It's kind of like, so it used to be called Musical.ly, um, where you would make like all these dance videos and Do stuff like that. you work for them? What? Do you work for TikTok? I feel like you like are No, CEO. I just like answered this question a lot. Okay. So like then it became TikTok. Um, I don't know why it changed its name and the app didn't really change itself. It just 
got a new name. name. Okay. I don't know really when people started using the app. I think it was around a year ago. And um, basically, it kind of changed. People, the way that people started using the app changed. So people were making more dance videos and funny, creative content. And um, there's this thing called the For You page where you can scroll down. It's kind of like the Explore page on Instagram. And people from all over the world, you don't have to know them, but their videos will come up on your page. They're just like different popular videos. And their dances and creative content. So what and made funny you videos. decide I'm gonna start doing TikToks backstage and my Broadway show? Um, so actually one day we were backstage and Alex Brightman was asking me about all the latest new trends. And so we we'd been talking about things like different cool slang words and different stuff like that. And then he was like, wait, what about this thing? I heard it's like a new thing. It's called TikTok, right? And I was like, oh yes, TikTok. And then so um, I explained it to him and he was like, yeah, we should make one. And I was like, oh my God, that's the best idea ever. So it was kind of like Alex asking me to make one. And you became the biggest TikTok star ever was. <laughs> so like what happened that you just, you're, <laughs> tell me what happened when it became like kind of big news that you like broke TikTok. Um, well, I mean, it definitely took a little bit of time. <laughs> like we made like, weeks. we made like three videos and then like this neck, this like fourth video or something that we made. It just like went viral. I think it got like 20,000 likes and I was freaking out like watching this happen. And I think what was it, the like, what dance was that? What were you doing um, in that? It was like the one? party, party, party. Okay. Um, <laughs> Keep going. Um, I don't know the dance to it, but it was definitely like a really fun TikTok. And I think people really liked to like see us in costume doing these dances backstage. Um, and then the app broke because it had too many down. Like the app stopped working because it had too many downloads. Or something? Yeah, it does that all the time. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is not sponsored by TikTok. Um, no. But, but like, it was definitely really cool to like see my videos getting on the For You page and seeing that people around the world were like seeing us making these videos backstage. When I saw you at the Broadway flea market, there was like a line of people like donating money to Broadway Cares so they could TikTok with you. Like, yes, that was that so wild? crazy. And that was like before my most viral video came out. Ooh, so. Before your most viral video. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply.
Yeah. Um, okay, so speaking of working with Alex Brightman, tell us what it's like to work with him. He is so wild in the show and does crazy things and obviously is very smart and very fast. Um, tell us a little bit about what it's like to work with him every night now that it's your role. Um, I think it's definitely really cool. Um, Alex, he has this like energy on stage that's like incomparable to anybody else's energy I've ever seen. He's always so into it and so focused. And I learned so much from him when I'm on stage doing this role. Um, I see him and he's putting so much energy into the role and giving me so much to work with. He's he's so amazing to work with. And um, Does he change it up at all or he keeps it? He does yeah. change it up. He makes, um, he says different jokes. He changes a little bit of his lines every now and then. But so you have to like really listen and stay on top of yeah, it? Yeah, it's definitely really cool to like see like what he's going to change. It's like hard to be bored. No, it's yes. never boring. Yeah. And you also get to work with like, you have the best cast, Carrie Butler, who's amazing. Leslie Kritzer. And Leslie Kritzer. Dana Steingold. Oh, you guys are so tight, right? Yeah, we and Dana are best friends. I love it. She's so good. And she plays a Girl Scout. Yes. And she's also the understudy. For, and she's also now your understudy. Well, we were always understudies together, okay, so. But, okay, we got it. Um, all right, so how did you get Beetlejuice? Did you just have an audition appointment? Did did your manager try to, like, how did it come about? Um, I got an audition for it um, through my agent. It just was, like, another audition that I went in for. Um, and I went in for my audition, and it actually went really well. So then I got a call back. And after that, um... I didn't hear back for a while and we were like, oh, okay, I guess it didn't really work out, but I was really upset because I really wanted to do it. And then a month later, I got an email to go see the lap. And I was like, wait, what? Like, this doesn't happen. Like, I just auditioned. Why am I invited to watch the lab? And then a month after that, I got an offer and we were like, okay, great. What did you do at the first audition? Um, I think I sang the Girl Scout and Dead Mom and I did a scene from the show. I love it. Um, and did you feel like, you know, sometimes when we're talking to young people and they're auditioning, they're like, it went great. And did you feel like it went well in the room? I felt like it went really, really well. Like it was one of those auditions where you're like, like, okay, I, I have nailed to that. Now you do, um, obviously you've also done like some film and TV. We're not done talking about Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice fans. Keep listening. But you've done some film and TV, which is very exciting around Orange is the New Black. Yes. Playing the young Natasha Leone character. Young Nikki. Did you feel like you had to do like a super raspy voice like mine <laughs> yes no that was definitely hard for me I think my voice is a little raspier now but um when I was it was like a couple years ago and um my voice was really 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 high and like chipmunky so for me to like get into that dark gravelly place it was very hard and I remember I had an audition like the next day for Annie and I could not do it. It was like one of my worst auditions and I was so upset. But I was like, but I had to do the gravel and it ruined my voice. But you did play Annie because I saw you play Annie. Oh, yeah. This is for a different Annie. I, know. I didn't get that Annie. Okay. Well, you're the best Annie I've ever seen. Oh, thank I've you. seen a lot of Annies. Believe me. <laughs> um, you're just so charming and likable. And that was like a great production directed by our friend Antoinette DiPetropolo. Yes. If you're listening, Antoinette. Um, yeah. You were so brilliant in that. And you were like yeah. super sick. But on and... Yeah, you yeah. always see me when I'm sick. No, stop. Um, <laughs> now, okay, so you've done Annie. You're on Orange is the New Black. You're on Difficult People, which is a great show on Hulu. Oh, yes. I just met Jane Krakowski oh the my other God. day. So, who's in my episode. So me. fun. Um, so download that. You did Grinch at Madison Square Garden. Yes. Mm -hmm. You were Cindy Lou. Yes. How was that? It was a lot of... That was definitely one of the um, most fun shows I've ever been a part of. Um, the set's really cool. The people... Um, 
being an iconic role like Cindy Lou Who is definitely really cool. And the dances and the singing, it's a really, really fun show. Have you seen that show again, like since you've not been in it? Yes. Um, me and all the other Grinch girls I was in the show with, we went to go see it um, at Madison Square Garden. It was like the production a year ago. And it was crazy to see some, to like watch it back and see the show. Um, something that people might not know about you is that you're the understudy for two of the kids in The Sound of Music Live. Yes. What year is that? 2015? No, 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 it was before that. Okay. Wait, 2013 <laughs> or okay. 14? So how old were you? Eight or, wait, I think I was nine turning 10. Okay. So this was like a, the first of these live NBC musicals. Um, it, and was, you, it was the, the first. first one, yeah. Um, so no one knew what they were like signing up for. And certainly you didn't know what you were going to do as a cover. Um, no, it was, it was my first professional show or so experience. So what... How, tell us about that. <laughs> Knowing um, that you're probably not going to do it because only one performance. Yeah. I think it was – I was so, so excited to be a part of this. It was the first professional show that I had ever been a part of. So – Like a major TV show on NBC. Yes. It was, it was so exciting. Carrie and Underwood. Yes. Andrew I was McDonald's. like – it was so cool. I didn't really know who all the famous people were at the time. Now I do. But um, we – um, we were in rehearsals for a while, um, and then we were on the set. It's definitely unlike any other experience that I've ever done before because it was for TV. And um, we had staged it on the set for, like, two months before the actual production. So, like, preparing for a live event is literally just like preparing for a show, but you only do it once. And the cameras sort of follow you from room to room to room? Yeah, exactly. There were like eight different rooms. And did they let you rehearse a lot? Like, were you prepared if you had to go? Obviously, we know you're always prepared to go on in any situation. But did you feel prepared at like nine years old, standing by for two kids in a live TV show? It seems insane. I mean, I think I was prepared, but like, probably not. Did they give you guys, there was two? We had some rehearsals, definitely not as much as like we should have, but like, we knew that we weren't going to go on unless there was some crazy, crazy emergency. So I think I was prepared, but knowing my eight-year-old self, probably not. Like, I probably would have freaked out. When you first started auditioning, well, how did it happen? Were you like, Mom, listen to me, I'm so talented, and start singing in the living room? How did we get from normal kid growing up to I'm gonna, I want to start auditioning professionally? Yeah, so... Um, Ever since I was little, I'd always taken lessons and voice lessons. This has always been something that I would do for fun on the side. Like, I used to take cooking classes and all stuff like that. So this is just, like, another thing that I did. And um, it was really one of those things that just brought me the most joy and it was the most fun for me to do. And I would sing in the shower, in the living room, and I would do these little concerts for my parents. And um, I used to take these classes at a studio in my neighborhood. And one of the ladies there... She told me that I should go audition for a Broadway show. So I went to the open call for Matilda. That was my first audition ever. And I got a call back. And that's when my mom was that's when my mom was like, oh, maybe this is something that we could actually do. So ever since then, I auditioned for an agent. I did um one of those agent showcases. Mm -hmm. Um, I got an agent from there, and then ever since then I've been auditioning and it's amazing. Yeah. Um, what was your first audition song? Do you remember? Um, I know. Wait. It was the one from Charlie Brown. Um, <laughs> Good Man, Charlie Brown. 
My new oh, philosophy. My new philosophy. Oh, yes. it's a good song for you. Yeah. Um, great. And so you just started auditioning. So if there's kids listening in, you just went to audition after audition until things start to happen. How many auditions did you have before Sound of Music, do you think? Probably like 30 or 40. Okay. So you were like going out there and you did like voiceovers and you were kind of auditioning for everything. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I have no idea. I'm just like I guessing. Mean, yeah. that's Wild fine. guess. Wild guess. Um, and then I want to tell my favorite Presley story is the day I first met you, you auditioned for the Adams Family of Broadway Workshop. We were doing this main, junior main stage production. Do you remember you were obviously wanting to play Wednesday Adams, which you played, but do you- I know what I sang. Tell the people what you sang. I sang- I forget the name of the song. I'm so excited. I sang I'm So Excited. By the Pointer Sisters. Yes. Which I didn't know, but like one of my teachers, Ellen Marsh, she's amazing. We love Um, Ellen. Yeah. And she basically, she taught me the song. She was like, you have to sing the song. So I sang it, but in full deadpan. So I was singing about how excited I was, except like fully deadpan, like no life. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) I was like, just give her the part. You're brilliant. It was like... Um, but sometimes kids are afraid to take a chance like that, you know, and like go in and really commit to something. What sort of, what kind of things allow you to like take those big risks? Because obviously you audition well. Thank you. Um, I find it fun and exciting. I like going in with like a song that I know that everybody else is going to sing. Like that doesn't excite me. Doing something different and unique and fun, that's kind of like what brings me the most joy and what makes me so excited to go into the audition room. And like, I think I enjoy like taking risks and putting myself out there and doing things that I don't think that anybody else is going to do. Like, I actually really enjoy doing that. That's so fun. And that's like great advice for young people to try looking at songs in a different way. So they're not performing the same way everyone else is doing. Yeah, be Um, unique, be different. Be unique, be different. We love that. Um, So now going from, you know, playing Lydia a couple of shows a week or, you know, having two weeks and not doing it and now it's your role. How are you making it Presley? How are we, how do you see Presley and Lydia if you were kind of figuring out how how are you putting your stamp on this part? Well, I think that um, I can relate to Lydia in the fact that um, she is strange and unusual. I feel like there are different aspects of my life where I can really relate to her and I try to bring those into my performance as much as I can. And also there are things like about her mom and when she talks about different things where she lights up and I feel like I can really relate to that. And I have the heart that Lydia has when the light kind of shoots through the cracks. I love that. Um, and, you know, doing this, sh- what kind of things are you discovering nightly now? Are there moments that you're like, oh God, I never really noticed this or I didn't really think about this before today or, you know? Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely trying to like pay attention more to like the story because when you do it more and more, that kind of gets lost when you're doing it. So I feel like now that I'm doing it, I'm like, wait, I'm like standing on this roof right now talking to like a demon, like what's going on here? So I think like I'm starting to like discover more like what's actually going on and how crazy this is. So I think that that's kind of going into my performance a little bit more in the sense that like it's kind of starting to be more realistic in a way. And um, I'm learning to be more goth and get that more, get that real angst of Lydia. And how are you keeping yourself like vocally healthy and all of that? Because this is a huge sing. It's not like one little song and out. Like you are singing. I mean, you have a huge, big voice, but you're belting very high (laughs) and a lot of music. How are you keeping yourself like up for that and healthy and all that fun stuff? Um, 
drinking a lot of water. I'm on my second essential right now. Um, I drink a lot of coconut water. I have like a crazy like food before show thing. Like I have coconut water, gummy bears, pineapple. Did someone shots. tell you gummy bears are like good for gummy vocal bears health? are good for your voice? They like they're there's like because like of the gelatin or whatever uh-huh. in them. Like it's kind of like honey. Like Guys, it's like you heard it's, it like, here first. Soothing. I don't know. Um, honey, tea, lots of water, steaming. Um, I go to um, physical therapy where I get like my voice kind of like massaged, I guess. Um, I take workout. There's so much, but um, I've been doing that like since forever. Like so. you're you're prepared. Um, okay, so you also got to perform at the Tony Awards, yes? Yes. And you do the Macy's Parade too. Yes, That's you might have not seen me, but I was, but like, you're in there. Head. You're doing it in a shrunken head. Yes. Um, being a little kid who like loves theater and then getting to perform at the Tony Awards. Was that like just mind blowing? It was so cool. I've always wanted to, I've watched the Tony Awards since I was little. So being a part of that was really like a dream come true. Um, and um, I actually got to be a part of the opening number of the Tony. So all the different like ensembles and people and all the different Broadway shows of the season were in that performance. So like being in the room with all those people was really, really, really cool. Was and there anyone you met that was very exciting to you? Like even Oblazada. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. But like it was cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. Um, it's just like the wildest experience. For sure. Can you yeah. even just believe any of these things are happening? No, it's like it's hard for me to like kind of like think about it because if I do think about it, I kind of get a little like freaked out because it is like crazy and it's so much. And like if I were to think about going on stage in front of all those people every night and like the fact that I was actually going to do that, I would probably not be able to go on stage. Got so, it. so just just write it out. Don't think about yeah. too much. And you have to go I to. I try not to think about it. Okay, so you're in 10th grade, yes? Yes, sophomore. And crazy. And so you have to go to like high school most days? Yes. You go to a performing arts high school, so they get what you're doing for, sure. for the most part. Do you, are girls like so jelly of you or are you like, <laughs> or do they want to be your best friend? Um, A little bit of both probably. I, don't, I mean, I'm not really sure. I guess like if they are, nobody really talks to me about it. Because um, ultimately you're doing what every six-year-old girl is dreaming of doing is like, playing a great written role in a big hit Broadway show. Yeah, it's definitely cool. I think sometimes in the hallway, people will look at me, but. (laughs) They're like, that girl's big star. (laughs) Um, And how is it, how are you balancing school and taking on this big part? Um, It's definitely hard because um, I do have to miss a lot for shows and different things like that. So I kind of just do my homework, like when I get home after the show. And I miss a lot of work, but my teachers are really good about it. So I'm kind of behind, but, but you'll catch they're up. okay with it. Summer's coming. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll just be doing that all summer <laughs> um, or not. Okay. So we have a couple of uh, last couple things to talk about, and then we'll wrap up our time with you. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank and I'm so thrilled so that you're having this amazing moment that you deserve so much. You're so good. Um, okay. So this is the part where we talk about what we're obsessed with. Yeah. So you think about something you're obsessed with while I talk about my obsession of the week, which is Dairy Girls on Netflix. If you've not watched it, Presley, give it a watch. It's about these girls living in Derry in Northern Ireland. It is so funny. You have to watch it with subtitles because you can't hear what they're saying because they talk so fast and with the most wild accents ever. Um, but trust me, you'll be obsessed with Dairy Girls if you have any sense of humor in your life. All right, Presley, what are you obsessed with? I am so obsessed with The Bachelor. 
Ooh. I'm watching it right now. Like me and Dana, who's in the show also, um, we talk about it nonstop. Like all the different people in the show. I follow them all on Instagram. I comment on all of their TikTok. TikToks in all caps. Oh my God, I am so obsessed with you on all of them. Okay, so you love The Bachelor. Yeah. Um, you don't have as much downtime in the show anymore. Um, no. what, do you, what do you miss that you're not getting to do anymore from your old track? Oh, um, I used to be able to like eat snacks backstage, so that was fun. Um, I had time to like watch Netflix and stuff like that, which I would do sometimes. And then I could do my homework backstage, which was actually really helpful because... <laughs> Like, I kind of needed that time, but... Not whatever. anymore. So you take, how long does it take you to get ready for the show? Um, it takes about an hour. I usually get to the theater um, an hour before the show because um, there's wig and makeup and all stuff like that. What is your favorite thing in your dressing room? It's not We're not up to the questions yet, but I just want to know that. Um, my dressing room? Well, now you have a new one. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, my steamer. <laughs> love your steamer are you weird about doing the exact same thing before every show or you're like cool I can just no I'm not cool about it I'm very weird and very annoying about it like you have to do things in the same order and things like that yes that's not like the same order yeah. but like definitely like with my warm-up and things like that like I'm very specific about like the things that I need to do to make sure that I have a good show that's so cool how do you check to see if you are ready like oh do I have all the notes today am I ready to do it is there like a check-in you have with yourself I mean, you know, if you can kind of, yeah, like not really. That's right. All right. We're going to hit our Broadway workshop. Quick fire questions. Yeah. Like eventually this will be a very high level podcast with music. I don't know. Forget it. Okay. So I'm going <laughs> to ask you some quick questions. Just answer them the best you can. Have you seen the Beetlejuice movie? Yes. Favorite holiday? Tanaka. Do you think Lydia Dietz would be best friends with Wednesday Adams? Sure. First Broadway show you saw? Shrek. Last Broadway show you saw? Uh, Moulin Rouge. Did you have braces? Yes. Have you ever been in Gypsy? No. Beetlejuice or orange juice? Orange juice. <laughs> you should say Beetlejuice. Um, Sorry, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Take it back. On a scale of one to ten, how annoyed were you that you weren't Matilda? Oh, oh my God, ten. Okay. Um, what do you want on your bagel? Cream cheese. Fill in the blank. I wish I could see Leslie Kritzer play. Elba. Fill in the blank. I wish I could see Alex Brightman play. Pass. <laughs> we'll come back to it. Um, best opening night gift. Um, utensils for my dressing room. Um, we asked how long does it take you to get ready, which is about an hour. Favorite Girl Scout cookie. Samoa. Did you audition for the Music Man? No. What role should Patti Lapone play in Beetlejuice? Delia. Did you watch Glee? First two seasons. How many Broadway shows has Carrie Butler been in? Like 18? It's 12. But oh, it's close. It's high. Um, what was your first audition song? I think you answered that. It was... My New Philosophy. Right, yes. Um, where was I? Oh, yeah. Um, are you afraid of costume characters in Times Square? Yes. <laughs> Dead mom or pulled? Dead mom. No, I, I yeah. don't know. Dead mom. Think, okay. Yeah. Do you watch any shows on Bravo? No. Can Maybe. you name two Real Housewives? No. Okay. Favorite song in Beetlejuice? Um, uh, beautiful Sound. Have you ever left a show at intermission? No. Would Who would you want to play in Mean Girls? Uh, Regina or Janice. I don't know. What movie? Anything. Anything. Okay. We love Mean Girls. What movie <laughs> could you watch over and over again? 
Um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Weirdest gift you ever received at the stage door? Um, a picture of somebody else and their family. <laughs> okay, that is weird. If you could only listen to one Broadway cast recording, what would it be? Um, Migos. If you could be in any Broadway show tonight other than yours, what would it be? Migos. All right, you hit it all. Good job, Presley. <laughs> um, so, um, Thank you so much for being here. Thank Where do people me. find you? Like on TikTok, what is your handle? Um, yes, on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Prez Ryan with the Z. Do you, <laughs> we'll find you. Um, yes. And uh, this is also my PSA to let kids and parents know to not sing Dead Mom at auditions or classes. It just doesn't work in your favor. It is a really not a, it's a great song in the show, but a bad song in class. You don't have to. You don't have to jump in, but it's true. Um, and so I'm going to keep reminding people that on this podcast. Um, is there anything else coming up that we could see you at? Are you doing anyone's concerts, or it's just Beetlejuice eight shows a week? Beetlejuice eight shows a week, but um, Inside Edition is going to be doing a feature on me, so you can Ooh. look at that to see what my day in my life will be. So you can get see that, that press, Presley. Yeah. Um, and uh, remember to subscribe to the Little Me podcast. Rate it like it, tell your friends, um, and all that fun stuff. And follow me on Twitter and Instagram, um, Mark Tuminelli on Instagram and that Tuminelli on Twitter. Um, thank you for being here, Presley. I'm so proud of you. I can't wait to come back and see you in the show. And, uh, thanks for spending a little time with us. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thank you, everybody. Bye, guys. Thank you, listeners. This podcast is produced by Alan Seals, Dory Berenstein, and the Broadway Podcast Network and edited by Derek Gunther. For more information on the Little Me podcast, go to bpn.fm slash little me. And follow me on Instagram at Mark Tuminelli or on Twitter at That Tuminelli. And for more information on workshops, classes, and everything Broadway Workshop, go to broadwayworkshop.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.